Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you are doing well today. In honor of the release of John Wick number four, we're going to do a retrospective on Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves has been in the business pretty much for 40 years. This guy's been around forever. Bill and Ted's came out when I was in high school. Just to give you an idea of how long Keanu Reeves has been around. And when it comes to the John Wick movies, I don't really spend a lot of time on them. I just, I think they're good. The whole gun-fu and and the, the whole world that John Wick builds, I think is great. And I think it's impressive. And I think also it's a testimony to Keanu Reeves and how many times he's kind of like Madonna of the 80s and 90s, been able to resurrect and reincarnate himself. And... In many ways, John Wick is very similar to his other iconic works, but also a little different. I'm just personally not a fan of the Wick movies because the older I get, I'm just not really into the previous IP, sci-fi, action, and so forth. But if I was in my 20s or 30s or in my teens, I would be totally eating up John Wick. To be fair, I've seen the original and I've seen the second one. I've not seen the third one, and, and maybe I'll watch the fourth one when it comes streaming, but... That's not to cast aspersions on anybody who loves the Wick movies. The Wick movies do well. They're very lucrative. And he's already in pre-production for John Wick number five. And then if you don't know, there's the kind of spin-off movie Ballerina that's going to star Anna de Armas. And he's going to be in that movie upcoming. And I believe that one's already in post-production. I think it's already been done. Either way, Keanu Reeves, I, I, I've mentioned a couple of times in past episodes or may and i kind of our our love for keanu reeves but also that the fact that he is and i don't think anyone could deny this a pretty limited range actor but the thing is it's it's know thyself descartes said that and it's it's know your lane know what you're good at and stick to it And I think Keanu Reeves kind of learned this early on. As we talked about in the Julia Roberts versus Sandra Bullock episode I did with May, Julia Roberts tried an Irish accent with Mary Riley early in her career, that Jekyll and Hyde movie, and it bombed, and she never did an accent again. So either way, Keanu Reeves, we're just going to hit his major movies because, I mean, the kid, especially in the 80s, was doing quite a bit, even in the 90s too. And he had some great hits and man did he have some tankers but we're not going to focus too much on his tankers <laughs> he was doing a lot of commercials in the 80s a lot of just those straight to television movies magical world of disney and so forth he does have a, a, a small role in the rob Lowe hockey movie young blood but really he doesn't really get his notice until probably river's edge in 1986 and then you see for sure it's it's Dangerous Liaisons and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So Dangerous Liaisons is one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I love this movie. I've talked about it with May. This is the Glenn Close, John Malkovich iteration with Michelle Pfeiffer and a very young Uma Thurman. 
And Keanu Reeves plays the piano instructor who falls in love with Uma Thurman. And clearly, Hollywood knew around this time that Keanu Reeves had some talent because he's doing Bill and Ted's, he's doing Parenthood right after this. And he's a good looking kid, tall, handsome, but in dangerous liaisons. I mean, the guy could not pull. He talks like this. Me doubts love thee so much. And it's funny when he kind of does it in Bill and Ted's, when he's talking to Beef Oven and other people, but it's like in Dejus Liaisons, he's literally trying to act that role straight. And he's in these roles with iconic actors, and it's just laughably bad. But I love the movie, and I love seeing young Keanu, and certainly young Uma Thurman. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was iconic when I was in high school. It came out, I think, my sophomore year. And, you know, clearly it's like a history lesson come alive. I was too really young to know George Carlin, the comedian, like how, how important he was. But uh, it's a great, you know, it's it's a fun movie. It's a great movie for high schoolers to watch. And it's a really great snapshot of the 80s. And you can certainly see his comedic talent. Parenthood is this the Steve Martin vehicle where he's like eighth or ninth build. I think he plays the boyfriend of the daughter, and he, you know he's the uh, uh, you know stoner like the typical Keanu, right? T- typical Keanu is just a lot of uh, uh, like Johnny Utah and, and Point Break. So if you look at this run, he does eighty eight is liaisons, eighty nine Bill and Ted, eighty nine Parenthood, ninety Bill and Ted sequel. Not that good of a movie. Or so that's just, that came out in 91. But it is Point Break. Point Break is one of his iconic works, no doubt. This movie, I mean, you're looking at peak Swayze, just packing heat. They're just on fire. And, you know, Johnny Utah, just he's it's such a funny role watching the movie, but at the same time, he does a good job in, in what he's given. You know, Reeves has a very narrow scope and range. He doesn't have a lot of breath, but when he hits it and it's the right script, and this is Catherine Bigelow, young female director, when when it's the right script and it fits him right, he is like the only person on the planet that can do that role. But unfortunately, when it's not those things, he comes off bad. And Point Break is just, Point Break is just a great movie. It's just a well-made movie, and he's, it's one of his iconic top five roles when he goes down when he dies, Point Break's clearly going to be one of his his best five roles, and he's magnetic in it. And so is Swayze. And God, you know, rest in peace, Swayze, because man, Swayze in the late '80s, early '90s was just on fire. My Own Private Idaho is a classic movie, great movie. Then he comes back. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try a couple more times to do the British accent. So he does. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in '92. Now again, I remember this movie because this this movie, you know, a lot of lot of publicity behind it. It's Coppola. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula. You got Anthony Hopkins playing Valen Helsing. You have peak Winona Ryder. Keanu Reeves plays the suitor or boyfriend to uh, to Winona Ryder. And again, he is joking like the. Uh, Ooh, like a, a surfer, dude, let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. And he's just trying to do this stilted Shakespearean English that just does not work for him. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to try one more time. So he does. My boy, did I love Kenneth Branagh when I was at, when I was in college. He does Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. And he plays Don Juan, who's like the villain, the titular villain in this comedy. And this movie is just great. I mean, if you want a, a movie that just makes you feel good, Much Ado About Nothing by Branagh. And then this is like Pika Emma Thompson. They're still together before The Affair. I talked about The Affair in a previous episode. And it's got young Kate Beckinsale in this. And it's got a horribly miscast. But doing his best, Denzel Washington. You know, and this is Brana trying to do the affirmative action. Because it's like, you know what? Let's just, even though there were no black dukes of the... I'm assuming this is like 16th century. Uh, let's just throw in a black guy to play one of the dudes and the leader of the band. (laughs) He's got got Denzel. And then it's got Michael Keaton doing the comic role. But any time Keanu Reeves comes in, he's playing the villain. And it's like, he's not in on the joke. Like everybody in the movie is in on the joke. This is a goofy movie. Let's make it fun. Then he comes in, he's like in a Shakespearean tragedy. But he's quite funny in the movie. But every time he's in it, it's just like, he just kind of ruins it. Then, I mean, iconic 1994 Speed. I mean, this is a great movie. Great movie. Holds up today. Bullock and him have amazing chemistry. He looks great in it with the short hair. She's great in it. I mean, great movie. Just, again, he doesn't talk a lot, but he's charismatic. That's his best movies, right? We know this. Don't talk a lot. Look good, okay? And try not to do long monologues. Johnny Mnemonic comes out in 95. That's a total bomb. Walk in the Clouds is a rom-com that he does where he falls in love with a Mexican-American woman post-World War II in California. Didn't do well. Chain Reaction, total bomb. And then Devil's Advocate, 1997. I mean, this movie is just... Man. I mean, what was the sale line for this movie? They walk in. What's the pitch? He's like, you got Pacino playing the devil. I'm in. I mean, that's it. That that was it. It was like one line. Pacino's playing the devil. So if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, this is classic. This is classic. So you got Keanu playing this young attorney. He's married to Charlize Theron. Very young. And, and she's just throwing bullets here as the wife who eventually is, is going crazy because she can realize that Pacino is the devil. But um, she's having a hard time trying to convince her husband that. 
So he he's a great litigator. He eventually gets hired for this law firm that's run by Pacino, and you find out, of course, Pacino is a devil, and then we won't you know we won't ruin the rest of it. But that that movie is just so over the top. It's like it's like Pacino did Scarface in '82, and then almost never came back from that. But certainly, what in terms of his accent, because you had Quiet Pacino of the '70s, and then you have the over the top, and really over the top Pacino. I think kind of started with Scarface, but then he did like Sea of Love and and some other movies like Glengarry and so forth. But certainly after Devil's Advocate, it's just we've only had pretty much over-the-top Pacino since then. Then you got The Matrix. I mean, The Matrix, there's nothing to be said about this movie. This movie was iconic, trend-setting, transformative movie of Hollywood. 1999, we had to do an episode just on 1999, just how many iconic movies came out in 99. Movies perfect for him. He's good looking. He doesn't have to talk a lot. And there's action. I mean, that it. this is perfect Keanu. Iconic movie. The sequels, I mean, this, the Reloaded has great action sequences, but it's just the Wachowski brothers. And I, I believe one of them now is, is is trans. So I think it's it's one still a guy and one is a woman. Um, they get convoluted in the mythology a little. And then, and then Revolution's the last one. Well, not the second, the last one now. It's just, it's it's hard to watch it. But, I mean, the original just is amazing. Then you got 2000 with the replacements. That's, that's a cute little rom-com where he plays a quarterback and Hackman is the coach and he's part of a bunch of scrubs and they take, you know, rags the richest football story. It's a good movie. Then you got uh, The Gift with Kate Beckinsale. It's kind of a non-memorable movie. Then you get uh, Sweet November, which is a rom-com with him and Charlize Theron, kind of a reunion. Not that memorable. Then you got Hardball in 2001. So this is a movie where he's like an inveterate gambler and part of his atonement, he's got to take on a, a, a kid's baseball team. It's it's actually not bad of a movie. But Then you look in the early knots. It's, it's kind of, this is when he somewhat goes through another kind of low streak. He does have Constantine in 2005, which I think is a good movie because I, I, I like the kind of, Catholic imagery of demons versus angels, and he's a, a demon killer, and it's got peak, peak Rachel Vice in it, just packing heat, gorgeous Rachel Vice. And they got Lake House, which is him and Bullock reuniting, and that movie does just—it's a rom-com that does not. I mean, it's not a rom; it's like a love story. It just doesn't click. The the, the day the Earth stays still, two thousand eight, didn't really work. He plays Claw too, the alien that comes to destroy the Earth. Doesn't really work. So then you get just just garbage. This is totally in the desert. Like around 2010, he's doing Private Lives of Pippi Lee, Henry's Crimes, Generational Um, Man of Tai Chi, 47 Ronin. I mean, just garbage, garbage. Then he hits Wick in 2014, and if you look at Wick at the time, it actually had a very hard time getting distribution. Line. I think the Lions get end up buying it. But they got it like two weeks before release, and no one expected it to do well. I mean, what's the premise? An assassin who comes out of retirement because his dog is killed? <laughs> I mean, what, what was the pitch line in that elevator? Oh, uh, we got this guy, he's a hitman, and his dog died. So he, he just unleashes his anger on the people who killed the dog. But, I mean, to its credit, the original has the style and it has the kind of world building that is just amazing. And you see, it, of course, pay off and the rest of it. You got 
Chad Stahusky and David Leach, and you know, these guys were more of the, the stuntmen backgrounds. And, um, I mean, they've just been able to just do amazing stuff with, with the, the Wick movies. Definitely world-building, kind of like The Matrix. And, and again, Wick doesn't talk a lot, doesn't emote, just kills a bunch of people, and, and just is amazing in that regard. Then you see with, with Wick 1, he's still doing bad movies after Wick 1 because it still hasn't hit that this 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 franchise is going to be amazing. So he doesn't do anything that's worth anything until pretty much John Wick 2 in 2017. And then he does, you know, Destination Wedding is a, is a uh, reunion with him and with him and Winona Ryder where they uh, have to go to a wedding and pretty much the whole movie is just the two of them talking. She is the ex-girlfriend of the man getting married and he is the brother and they both are just curmudgeons who don't want to be at this wedding. It the movie had a great premise and they're both pretty good in it in their own way, but the uh the just the the, the plot and the writing isn't that good. Then he does John Wick 3 in 2019, Always Be My Ma- Baby, Always Be My Maybe in 2019 is a Netflix rom-com where he uh, essentially plays himself. It's a cute rom-com. It's not too bad. And then after that, it's he does the the new Bill and Ted that came out during COVID, which is fine. It was serviceable. It's got his daughters. It's got Samara Weaving, Peck and Heat. Beautiful girl. Then he does The Matrix again, The Matrix Resurrections, which I think in, in, that came out in 2021. I think that movie's fine. It's good. It, it brings back the franchise. It's certainly better than, than Revolutions, but you know, it's something good. And then he does John Wick 4. And then upcoming, he's got Constantine 2 in production, so I'm glad to see him doing that. And then he's got John Wick 5 in pre-production, Berserker in pre-production, and as I mentioned, Ballerina is in post-production, so they're, they're finishing that up. I forgot to mention, if, if a woman is listening to this and they're like, you've forgotten Keanu's probably best role, which is Something's Gotta Give. That's the uh, Nancy Myers. We just talked about Nancy Myers on the long ago here. With their new Netflix rom-com, but he plays the doctor who we're meant to believe is this young doctor who's crushing on menopausal Diane Keaton, and that's the movie where Diane Keaton and uh, it's got Nicholson in it. And Nicholson's dating Diane Keaton's daughter, right? And it's not it's not appropriate, da 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 da. And of course they start falling for each other, and then he's he's very charming and winning in that movie. All right, let's take a look at his personal life because he's got a fascinating personal life. So Keanu Reeves, you would think, given that he was such a handsome man in his in the eighties and nineties, would have been one of those just Warren Beatty, Lotharios, you know, early Brad Pitt, Michael Douglas, you know, these guys who were just notorious Lotharios. Keanu Reeves would like in the red pill dating world would, would be considered to be a sigma in that he's kind of a guy who beats to his own drum. He he is singular in that he doesn't have any children. It, there's not a lot of A-list Hollywood, or, or much less any list Hollywood or, or non-Hollywood people who don't have children at age 58. He was dating a woman back in the late 80s, early 90s called Jennifer Syme. And it was a tumultuous relationship. They met when he, I forgot to mention, he has a band, Dogstar. And uh, I don't know if he does it anymore, but they met while his band was, was touring and... She uh, conceived a child and later the baby was born, stillborn. And later on, she died in a car accident where she drove her car into a bunch of other cars. And toxicology report showed that she was, in fact, impaired. 
So, I mean, I think the, the, the woman had some, some, probably some issues and, you know, rest in peace. It's, it's tough. And so he, she was buried next to their, their daughter. And then you just see this period and that's 2001. So this is like peak right after Matrix, right before he's filming the, the Matrix sequels, which were filmed back to back. Um, and then for the last 20 years after that, he's he's not like Affleck. He's not like even Jim Carrey. He's not like a lot of actors who are always promenading their girlfriends for Us Weekly and Entertainment Weekly. Always quiet, keeps to himself. He's reputed to have dated some women like China Chow and Brenda Davis. But nobody openly, and even back in the late 80s when he was hanging out with River Phoenix and kind of that that generation of up-and-coming actors, he was never known to be um, openly um, showing off the women that he's dating. He just never was that way. So in 2019, he started dating Alexander Grant. And, you know, the joke about Alexander Grant is that she's age-appropriate in that Keanu, Keanu is 58 years old and she's in mid 40s but she looks like she's 65 she looks like a grandmother because she just i think she just grayed prematurely but again this this kind of goes to keanu's just i beat to my own drum i'm almost like the mandalorian i just kind of i do my own thing i beat to my own drum yes i could be like every other hollywood actor of my generation who was banging a bunch of women and then dumped them and got the much younger younger trophy girlfriend, trophy wife, Paula DiCaprio, all that. And he's like, no, uh, I keep my private life to myself and I'm going to keep trying to grow an incomplete beard and I'm going to date a woman that looks like my mother. And if you guys don't like it, I don't care. And that's kind of the vibe that Keanu gives off. If you've ever seen him be interviewed, he's always very congenial jovial pleasant guy you can tell he's he's thoughtful and you can kind of tell as well that the the tragedies that he's had in his life have affected him and made him wiser that that kind of uh, redemptive suffering as we say in 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 the christian world has made him um kind of like a like a better guy so to speak so I am nothing but love for Keanu Reeves. I don't think he's the most talented, but I think he learned early on what his lane was. And he's probably kind of like Cruz, going to stick to that lane of just being taciturn and charismatic. There's an old line from the Old Testament. I think it's in, I think it's in Ecclesiastes. It's better to speak quietly and let people think you're a fool than speak a lot and confirm it. You know, And I think Keanu Reeves kind of knows that now, that just, just do the taciturn action roles as, as long as he can do it and then here and there he is gifted in in romantic comedies when the work is good he excels in those so again if he could maybe re reunite with nancy myers I, going back to the nancy myers episode i much rather would have seen him as the lead opposite scar joe uh, than owen wilson i think people nancy meyer fans especially would have loved to seen him come back after something's got to give and give him that role. I think they would have loved that more than Owen Wilson. So, I mean, Keanu, you still got a lot of years left. He is another example of men who age, we age like fine wine and do your action movies as long as your body holds up, but do the rom-coms here and there and do a little dramas. Yeah, hey, branch out more than, than, than Cruz, who's probably not going to branch out at all. But either way, Keanu, I got nothing but love for you and you keep doing your movies. 
Guys, if you appreciate my content, please, there's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation. The other one is a link to Naturopathic Earth, which has all the articles and has all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds from all four of them. Go check those out. Please check out the back catalog and please rate and review wherever you're listening to this. It just helps with the algorithm to get the channel to grow. Until next time, take care. God bless. And pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.